We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, Jane the 27th, 2021. On today's show, Shane Beamer continues to work, folks. The St. Francis boys make it official as quarterback J-Town and wide receiver EJ Jenkins make their commitments official via social media on Tuesday afternoon. I'll break down each of the guys. I'll break down the prospects, their numbers from FCS days. What type of immediate impact could these guys have for Shane Beamer and Gamecock football? I'll break all that down. Also, of course, it is game day. Salcon taking on Georgia tonight at Colonial Life Arena at 7 o'clock. I will break down the dogs in their entirety. Also, top storylines, Georgia players to watch for, keys to the game, give my prediction, much, much more as the Gamecocks look to bounce back from an ugly three-game losing streak. Guys, we got a packed show. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. By the way, they're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just as invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service, guys. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They are founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys. So a Gamecock-owned small business, and they also offer 20 years of project management and moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in the year 2021, be sure to check out my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, of course, at Upstate Movers Group. Or if you have any questions, check out their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. Again, that's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it.
what is up, guys? Happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, host of Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. We have got a packed show for you all here on a Wednesday, here on a hump day. Boy, oh boy, things got crazy on Tuesday afternoon. You know, sitting there, I was thinking to myself, Monday, pretty slow day, nothing wild. I'm thinking, okay, we got all the coaching stuff behind us. Things are going to start to slow down before we get into this baseball grind. And, of course, basketball going on. But I thought on the football side of things, maybe, just maybe, things might slow down. Oh, no, no, no. The devil works hard. But Shane Beamer, ladies and gentlemen, he works hard. Harder, And, of course, it's game day. I mean, how much more could you ask for? It's game day, of course, South Carolina taking on Georgia. we got a lot to get into here on a Wednesday, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited. Again, I'm really excited. we got some good news um, on the football front. We're going to start with that. I'm going to start with football first because things have been a little rocky on the basketball side. There's no doubting that. So let's start on the gridiron for South Carolina. And, boy, oh, boy, did the Gamecocks get some really good news on Tuesday afternoon. Now, this is something – We saw a few weeks ago, and we sort of knew was coming, but to finally get it in stone, if you will, and to have these guys make it official, I know, again, is a shot in the arm for the South Carolina fan base. The St. Francis boys have officially made it official. Quarterback Jason Brown, 6'4", 230-pound quarterback, and wide receiver EJ Jenkins, the 6'8", monster. Both guys coming in from St. Francis, Let's go ahead and dive into it. What type of impact? Because that's the question. Chris, what type of impact could these guys make? They're immediately eligible, by the way. Um, these were two guys that are coming from, so their seasons were actually canceled for the 2020 season. Obviously, again, playing at the FCS level at St. Francis. Two guys who were FCS All-Americans. You take a look at Jason Brown's stats in 2019. 3,084 yards, 28 touchdowns, and six interceptions. E.J. Jenkins, his wide receiver, his counterpart, 831 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. Again, like I said, guys, we kind of started hearing things and knew about this actually a few weeks ago. It was reported by multiple outlets that both of these guys were going to be Gamecocks and were simply just waiting on clearance from the school. Well, they finally got that. And again, like I said, made the announcement on Tuesday. Now, What does it mean for South Carolina football? When I take a look at both these guys, I I don't know which one's more intriguing, to be honest, because on one hand, you have the quarterback who factors into the quarterback battle with a guy, Luke Doty, who we all thought was just going to take the job and he was going to be QB1 going into this fall season, right? On the other hand, you have the wide receiver, EJ Jenkins, who again stands at six foot eight. How Our team's going to guard this guy, especially at the goal line. First things first, I think it's a really good pickup for South Carolina. I do. Um, It honestly speaks volumes to me, the success that Shane Beamer, and this was something, listen, when he got the job, we talked about we expected Shane Beamer to do, right? We expected him to hammer the transfer portal. That, That was something I really thought he is going to get after the transfer portal. And you go down the list of names on the defensive side of the ball, these guys, more offensive players, Shane Beamer has attacked the transfer portal. I I truly tip my cap and commend the job that Shane Beamer has done to this point um, on the recruiting trail, just trying to put a class together. I I really do. I tip my cap to him. But what type of impact will these dudes make? Again, you take a look. We'll start with the quarterback, Jason Brown. Again, 6'4", 230, 2019, threw for over 3,000 yards, 28 TDs, six interceptions, and was an FCS all 
American. Like I said, guys, their seasons got canceled due to COVID. FCS did not make these back up, so they got canceled. So there are, there are no 2020 stats. With that being said, because the number one question is this, Chris, will Jason Brown take the starting job? How much of an impact does he have on a quarterback competition, if you will? And I will say this. I think there's going to be a quarterback competition. I, I really do. And again, I like Luke Doty. I like Luke Doty's game. I like everything about it. But when you factor in, you have a brand new head coach. Your roster is full of a bunch of guys. All due respect to him, but it's full of a bunch of guys who went, what, two and eight last year? And, I mean, yes, Luke Doty played, but I, I think by no means is Luke Doty in a position where he is the undoubted starter. There's not even a competition. And you factor in the fact that Jason Brown just flat out has talent and is six foot four, 230-pound frame. That type of build can play in the SEC. So I think there will be a quarterback competition of some sort. Again, I would expect it to go into fall camp, to be totally honest with you. Because, again, if you're Shane Beamer – what do you have to lose? I mean, iron sharpens iron. I think bringing in bodies and bringing in more competition is better for every position on this roster. And if you take a look at his film, I mean, again, the kid's got a big arm. And I actually saw a clip from some other FCS podcast or whatever talking about his projectability as an NFL quarterback. And this is a guy that could have a future at the next level. On the flip side with the wide receiver, EJ Jenkins, again, six foot eight. That's almost really all you have to say. Again, 2019, he caught 14 touchdowns. I don't think I need to explain to you guys why this is a solid pickup. We all know the issues you have in the wide receiver room. There, there's just no denying it. And I think even with both of these guys, guys, the, the, the point of it is this the more solid bodies you can get in there, the better. I mean, South Carolina just needs bodies right now. They just need guys to come in and create competition. And the thing you like about getting these transfers is that there's you feel like there's a little bit less of a risk with a transfer player versus a true freshman coming out of high school. Now, with that being said, these two guys are going to have a lot to prove. Because guess what? St. Francis ain't the SEC, boys. So I'm very hesitant to, to overreact, if you will. Very hesitant to overreact. I'll be totally honest with you guys. I, 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 maybe some of you are tuning in right now and you want me to, to hype both these guys up, the next great All-Americans at South Carolina. I say pump the brakes just a little bit. I'm not saying don't be excited for these guys, but I'm going to call it like I see it. Both guys with upside, both guys with talent, both guys who have flourished at their respective level of play. Now it's up to Shane Beamer. Now it's up to Marcus Satterfield. Now it's up to Justin Stepp to get the most out of these guys. If you can do that, you really might have something here. But again, when you just take a look at the physical characteristics of these guys, again, a six foot eight wide receiver. I mean, that is absurd. And then Jason Brown, like I said, who's built like a brick shithouse, six foot four, 230. And you look at pictures of him and you can see it. But again, I know the question that is on every South Carolina fan's mind is what type of impact, if not an immediate impact, will these guys have for Shane Beamer and Gamecock football? Like I said, 
I think South Carolina is at a point right now where adding more quality depth and adding more playmakers and more bodies in general is a positive. I think it is. I think Jason Brown could push Luke Doty for the starting job. I think certainly EJ Jenkins could push for immediate immediate playing time. I truly do. Again, my biggest thing is this, though, and I, maybe it's scar tissue from the previous regime. And I'll just be totally honest with you guys. Again, for too long, we got hype about transfers and recruits and other guys coming in. For too long, we built up hype, built up hype, built up hype, and got nothing on the field from certain guys. And I'm not going to name names, but that's been a fact over the last four or five years. I'm excited, but also very anxious to see what we get out of this duo. Again, the measurables are what jump off the page at you. Hey, the stats jump off the page. And again, like I said, I'm not taking anything away. I think these guys could both be big-time impact players. I really do. But it's going to be up to, like I said, guys like Shane Beamer, Justin Stepp, Satterfield, these offensive guys, that offensive staff, to raise those guys' level of play. Because again, like I said, St. Francis ain't the SEC. And that ain't no disrespect to St. Francis. That's a fact. So I'm excited overall for the pickup. Again, I, I think especially with Jenkins, you're, you're addressing an issue. You're addressing a need. You know, you need big-time wide receivers, guys who can make plays. You need to flip that wide receiver room. And we all feel good, by the way. I will say this. We all feel good about Justin Stepp, what he can do with the receivers. We all feel good about Satterfield. We feel good about Coach Shane Beamer. I think player development is going to be much improved. I think roster management is going to be much better. So I fully do believe in Shane Beamer. He's going to put these guys in the best possible position to go out and win a job and contribute this fall. Because, again, these guys are getting on campus March 1st, and they're eligible. These guys are going to go through spring ball. They're eligible. And I think both guys will battle for starting jobs. My biggest question of the offseason for both of them will just be, how do they adjust to the SEC, to the speed of the game, to the physicality of the game? Because, again, it is different. Anybody who's saying there won't be a jump is out of their mind. And, again, I, I'm not here to be Debbie Downer. I'm not here to be to rain on any Gamecock fans. But, right, Gamecock fans should be excited. Heck, I'm excited. Great pickups, I think. I think it's a great pickup, and especially, again, the, the two guys play one another. Brown literally was throwing to Jenkins. I, I think that's a great, if it works out, great chemistry to have. But I am very much wait and see in these scenarios. I, I just am. I just am. You know, great pickup. Glad both guys committed. Glad they're both Gamecocks. Now let's see what you do when you strap on the pads and get on the field in a real SEC environment against SEC defensive backs and against SEC D linemen and against SEC linebackers. Let's see if you can ball. Let's see if you can ball. Hey, ask Jalen Brooks about the transfer to the SEC, the transition. And I'm not like piling on Jalen Brooks, but again, it's a transition, bro. So I think fans, I would just say to fans this, be excited. It is exciting. Again, the measurables jump off the page. The stats jump off the page. Let's see how these dudes transition, though. I, I do not want fans to set unfair expectations for these two guys. I don't. 
okay? There's a difference in St. Francis and the SEC, and that's the bottom line. So, again, but you overall, I think it's a great pickup for Shane Beamer. I do. You need bodies. You need guys who can come in and compete, especially immediately, again, like we talked about, in recruiting. That's why we expected Shane Beamer to hit the JUCO portal so hard because you need guys that can come in and play right now. You don't need to go out and get guys that don't, won't be ready for two, three years. No, you need guys that can help right now. And Jason Brown and EJ Jenkins, I think, just might give you that. So it'll be really interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how this evolves. Because, again, you're talking about position battles and how do things go in, this, in the first year in a Shane Beamer, brand-new offense, brand-new OC, brand-new everything. You know, how, how do things unfold? How do they evolve and, hey, how does a guy like Luke Doty respond, you know? Maybe a guy that was feeling like, hey, this is my job, you know? And I, I, I would have put a decent amount of money that Luke Doty would have been the starter. But this is, like, kind of why I told you guys after the season, bro, things can change so quickly in college football. They can change so quickly. So quickly. So, Jason Brown might be QB1. I don't know. He might be QB1. But I think if nothing else, you're providing great competition in, in your football program. I mean, that's that's what you want. Iron sharpens iron. They're going to make each other better. Whoever wins the job now will be better, will be better because of it. And again, I think Shane Beamer is the type of guy, he's going to play the best guy. I don't think there's going to be anything we may have seen previously. He's going to play the best possible option. Is that Brown? Is that Doty? Where does Jenkins fall into that? Again, I think at minimum, he's got to be a freaking goal line guy for you, right? I mean, six foot eight? Who's going to cover him? <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, who in the world is going to match up on this guy? So, overall, again, I, I think really, really solid pickups. Again, like I said, fans should be excited. Gamecock fans, you should be fired up, pumped up. And, again, if nothing else, you should be fired up and pumped up that Shane Beamer, I mean, dude, this dude is relentless. This dude is getting after it this offseason. And you got to love to see that. And, again, I give him so much credit because you're talking about a head coach that, that really had to deal with all the turmoil with his staff that's coming off a 2-8 and eight season and winning six games in the last two years program that's behind, you know, flat out got hired late after the season just behind the eight ball in regards to recruiting in general. And I think he's doing a pretty damn good job in the transfer market. So... I tip my cap to Shane Beamer. I, it's, it's exciting to see when you have someone like that who wants so badly for the University of South Carolina to achieve so many great things and is working their tail off to make it happen. That excites Gamecock fans. That does. But again, like I said, I, I will be really intrigued at just how much of an impact do Jason Brown and EJ Jenkins make. Because again, the measurables are great. The numbers at the FCS level are there. But what I don't want to do and what I don't want fans to do is put unfair expectations on these guys. Like, I think asking EJ Jenkins to come in and be Alshon Jeffrey is just flat-out unfair. Until that guy proves he's of that caliber, it's unfair to do that. To ask Jason Brown to come in and go win the Heisman, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you need to be able to be happy about the decision but also realize, okay, these guys have got to make a major jump from the FCS level to the SEC level. Can they do it? 
how big of an impact do they have for Shane Beamer and company? It'll be interesting to see. So, all right, let's move into the basketball side of things, guys, because like I said, it is game day. Gamecocks taking on the Georgia Bulldogs tonight at Colonial Life Arena, 7 o'clock tip on ESPN2. Believe it or not, South Carolina is a five-point favorite. Over under set at 159.5 in this one, but Gamecocks minus five against Georgia. Georgia comes in this one nine and five overall, two and five in the SEC. Their head coach, Tom Crean, which we're all very familiar with. Uh, Georgia, pretty good offensive team, 78.9 points per game, holding their opponents to 68.6 points per game. They shoot 47% from the field, 32% from three point range, and they're holding their opponents to 44% from the field and 31% from three. Also, Georgia, a good rebounding team, by the way, and I think an area that's going to be a big key in this game, 39 rebounds per game. I think they out-rebound their opponents by about seven rebounds per game. Um, So a pretty solid rebounding team and an area that South Carolina is going to have to be even with or I think better than Georgia to stand a real chance. And let's move into the top storylines because a lot of the storylines, and again, it's unfortunate, I guess, but it's just kind of where we are. A lot of the storylines focus outside of the game of basketball. They They focus outside of the X's and O's. Because my top storyline in this game is just, what is the mental state of Carolina basketball? I mean, honestly, where is this team? Where do you think this team is mentally? And I think that's something we're going to find out very, very quickly, very early on. And when I say the mental state, like, I also ask, how tough is this team? You know, because we all understand there's been adversity this season, right? There's been a plethora of adversity. The ups and downs have been, and mostly downs, have been very evident. You know, the the toughness of this season, this is probably for these guys on this roster the toughest season of basketball they've ever experienced. But what is the mental state? Like, is this a fragile team right now? Because, again, I don't really know who the leader is in that locker room. I really don't. Is it Lawson? I I don't really think he's kind of wired to be that guy, you know? Is it Coos? Is it is it Manaya? I mean, I you know, it it, is it Levesque? I don't know. I don't know who it is. But somebody has got to put their foot down and put a stop to this. They they just got to. They got to put a stop to it. There's only so much Frank Martin can do. There's only so much those assistants can do. At the end of the day, it comes down to the mental fortitude of those dudes in the locker room. And I think you actually saw and heard Frank Martin mention this in his media availability. He's talking about the players have got to be accountable. I think that's probably what he's talking about. Because I thought you saw that on Saturday. A A group of guys that didn't look like they were totally in it. Let's just let's call it for what it is. Didn't look like they were totally there. You know, and again, I'm not here to question anybody's effort or toughness or or want to or any of that. But all you can do is call it like you see it, and it didn't look like they wanted to be there the whole time. So what is the mental state of this team? Again, we know this team has talent. There's no denying this team has talent. But mentally... I don't know where this team is. I don't, I don't know. And if you lose this one, 
And especially, like I said, if you come out and you look sloppy and you just look bad, you lose by double digits yet again, this team might be mentally broken. I I mean, I think you could get to a place of there's really no repairing this. So another top storyline for me, and again, kind of sticking around to the COVID thing. A really interesting comment from Frank Martin that I, I wanted to highlight here. When Frank Martin was asked about, you know, COVID and his health and all that, because, you know, he's gotten it twice. Frank Martin had this to say. Frank Martin says on a scale of 1 to 10, as far as health-wise, he's at a 6 right now in terms of how he feels. Said if he didn't feel a responsibility to his team and the university, that he would opt out of the season and get healthy. That, to me, explains a lot. That explains a lot. And again, I, I am very sympathetic to Frank dealing with his, his issues. I'd almost say this, guys, at this point, it might be a better idea for Martin to step off and, and to opt out if he feels, you know, if he, if he feels... If he's not up to it, you know what I mean? Like, the last thing we want to see is Frank Martin, the sideline, struggling. Because I don't think any of us really knew he was feeling that down and out. But again, that comment, that comment explains a lot of why this team has looked the way it has. Bottom line. Explains a lot. So... I think a lot of us now, because of that comment, are going to be keeping a close eye on what does Frank Martin look like on the sidelines? What does his health look like? I just, I was a little surprised when I read that. You know what I mean? I I was, because I didn't think he'd come back unless he was fully healthy. And to hear he's a 6 out of 10, how he feels, that's... I don't know. That 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 is that is interesting to say the least. That is interesting. So Frank Martin's health has become a storyline in this season, for sure. And, and we'll just have to see what's the energy like, what's the intensity like. I mean, what is that how much of that issue is is rubbing off on this team and their their intensity and their effort and their want to? Again, I'm not blaming Coach Martin, but it's just like it, it just makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, anyways, let's get on the floor for the top storylines. Who steps up down low? Alonzo Frank now out for the season with medical issues. Again, Georgia, like I talked about, 39 rebounds per game. They're good inside. Is Jalen McCreary available? What type of game does Wildens Levesque have? Keyshawn Bryant. This is a game for South Carolina. You cannot allow Georgia to get second chances. You just can't. Second chance points are going to kill you. Second chance points will kill you in this ballgame. Who steps up down low now for South Carolina? Another top storyline for me is simply this, guys. Can the Gamecocks just make enough shots to win? What what type of shooting night can we really expect from these guys? Again, the talent is there. Lawson, Kusnard, Manaya, Hannibal, even TJ Moss, Keyshawn Bryant, Seventh Woods. 
what team shows up, though? What group of guys shows up? And again, I think, unfortunately, a lot of this ties back into the mental state of this team. A lot of it does. A lot of it ties back into the mental state of this basketball team. If you have no confidence, the ball will not go in. That's bottom line. That's any sport. If you have no confidence, what you desire to happen will not happen. So, again, that mental, that mindset is going to play a lot in this. But, again, I mean, it's simple. You got to make shots to win games. You have to. You have to. Another top storyline for me, I, I, I talk about the offensive side. Let's talk about the defensive side. My God, what, what adjustments have to be made? What adjustments does South going to try to make defensively? Because I hear a lot of excuses from the fact they haven't practiced to implementing the deep. I mean, dude, I don't feel like you need to implement some wild defense to hold an opponent under 109 points. You know, what type of bounce-back game can this Gamecocks defense have? And then my final storyline, guys, is this. Just, you know, I, I've been talking about it each and every single game, but just how important is this one? I mean, honestly, I, I'd love to get you guys' response to this, too. How important is this one? Because you come in as a five-point favorite. You were a two-point favorite on Saturday. Now you sit as a five-point favorite against Georgia. And Georgia, a team, like I said, nine and five overall, two and five in the SEC. They are not world beaters at all. And on Saturday, you play against Vandy at their place, but they are winless in the SEC. So you actually have an opportunity here to get back-to-back wins. And again, I've already talked about the the Frank Martin situation. And listen, the health stuff, you know, it sucks. It sucks. But that is not going to stop this fan base from if South kind of goes out there and loses by double digits yet again, the chatter is just going to go louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it's going to. And even outside of that, whatever you want to say, oh, that doesn't matter. Again, I, I just talked about the mental state. You lose this one. And you lose back-to-back home games. And like I said, especially if you look bad doing it. I think this season could just get to a point where it spirals out of control, where mentally, these guys are just checked out. That mentally, these guys are just, they're cooked. So, the importance of this game, it cannot be stressed enough, bottom line. You got to find a way to protect your home floor. You got to find a way to snap out of this funk. You have to. COVID or no COVID, you if nothing else, you've got to find a way to take what you have and put together a better effort than you have with the last few games. You just you cannot go out there and lose by double digits yet again. COVID be damned, you just can't do it. So be interesting to see. All right, let's move into UGA players to watch for. Three players that Gamecock fans should keep an eye on. We'll start at the guard position. KD Johnson, the freshman, diaper dandy, 15.3 points per game. He leads Georgia in points per game, 45% shooter, 
45% shooter from three-point range, if I can spit that out. Um, dogs are young but talented. Dogs are young but talented, and KD Johnson is no exception to that. They've also got Severe Wheeler. That should be somebody a name that fans are very familiar with. Wheeler had a pretty good game last year against South Carolina. He's averaging 13.9 points per game. Definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Again, an experienced, more experienced player on the outside for Georgia. And then the guy down low who does the damage to Monty Kamara, 7.1 rebounds per game, leads their team. Like I told you guys, Georgia good on the boards, 39 rebounds per game. South Carolina going to have to find a way to combat against that when they take on the dogs. And with that being said, let's move into the keys to the game. My first one is this, guys. Again, like I said, the mental state of this team, what is it? My first key is just go have fun. It's it's a game. You know what I mean? It's a game. Don't let the mental midget ruin you. You know, because you hear the external noise. You hear me talking. You hear people on social media. You see this. You see that. Whatever. All the pressures of this, 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 and this, these distractions. At the end of the day, it's the game of basketball. It is a fun game. I think South Carolina needs to simplify things, go back to the basics, and just flat out have fun. Just go enjoy the game, you know? Because that's going to help the psyche of this team to take the pressure off. My second key to the game and something that I also think will help improve the mental psyche is starting fast. You got to start fast. Because, again, if you find yourself in a situation like you were against Mizzou, you're down 10 nothing. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think the Gamecocks started that poorly against Auburn. But, man, this team, I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, at the under 16, boy, this team could use a lead. <laughs> the under 12, this team could use a lead. You need to start fast. Have something to feel good about. This group of guys needs something to feel good about. And my final key to the game, like I said, guys, you got to win the boards. You got to win the battle on the boards. And who is it? Who steps up? Alonzo Frank's out for the year. Does Jalen McCreary even suit up? So, is it Levesque? Is it Keyshawn? Is it Seventh Woods? But you've got to be able to hold your own on the boards. You will not win this game if Georgia out-rebounds you. I will, I will put money on that. You will not win this game if Georgia out-rebounds you. You got to win the boards. Cannot give Georgia second chance points. So again, my keys to the game, have fun, start fast, and win the boards. And that leads me to my prediction. How will South Carolina fare tonight? Again, what a spot you're in if you're Frank Martin and company. And really this team, this group of players. What started with so much promise looking at it from an entire season perspective, from an SEC play perspective. You know, you blast Texas A&M and you're thinking to yourself, oh man, here we go. This is the team that we thought South Carolina had. This is that tournament team we thought was there. And since then, it's been a pure train wreck. You were postponed due to COVID. You know, then you've lost three in a row. I told you guys before that, you know, and South Carolina comes in this one as a five-point favorite, which I, I will agree is a 
a little bit surprising. And I want to say I'm not surprised because Georgia, I don't think, is all that good. And there's going to be many people picking South Carolina to win this game. But I, I already told you guys. You guys know who I'm picking. I, I'm not picking South Carolina to win again until I actually see them do it. You know, there, there are issues on this team deeper than, oh, they're just cold from the floor. There are issues on this team deeper than, oh, they just haven't practiced a lot. Like, there are, like, I think mental issues on this team. There, there are no leaders. There's not a leader on this team that's going to step up and put their foot down and, you know, say, to hell with this. We're not getting our teeth kicked in again. With that being said, I, I do think it'll be a back-and-forth competitive game because, again, I, I just – you have to think this team's going to come out and play desperate, right? I mean, you just have to. You just flat-out have to think they're going to come out and play desperate. But with that being said, I told you guys, I, I cannot pick South Carolina to win again, and I refuse to do so. You know, you were a two-point favorite on Saturday and lost by 30 or 26, or whatever. You're a five-point favorite tonight. And even with that, I, I do not think South Carolina gets the win. I've got Georgia 81, South Carolina 79. Again, I, I think it's back and forth. I think the Gamecocks fight, scratch, and call. And it would not shock me at all if South Carolina got the win. It would not. But, dude, there is no reason to believe that this basketball team is all of a sudden going to come out and play its best ball it has in a few weeks. I mean, it's just, there's no reason. There's just no reason. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. We are going to find out a lot about this team's character tonight. We, we really are. We're going to find out a lot about this team's character. Because, you know, again, COVID be damned, man. I, I know it's a real issue, but COVID be damned. This team's either going to come out with their heads hanging and get their tails kicked, or they're going to come out and they're going to fight. Bottom line, one of two things will happen. But again, I've got the Dogs 81, Gamecocks 79, guys. That's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you so much. Again, great show here on a Wednesday. Um, we do have the Daily Crow pregame show from 6 to 6.30. If you want to tune into that tonight, it'll be on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And then, of course, tip off at 7 o'clock. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Go Cox, beat Georgia, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.